0: So at the moment, we are in between seasons here on the show. But while we're waiting for our next official season to begin, we thought that this would be a great time to pull some of our favorite episodes out of the Girls' Night Archive. This is a great time to catch up on episodes you might've missed throughout the years or to listen to old favorites all over again. Our guests are incredible. I know that I learn something new each time I listen to an episode, even if it's one I've heard a million times before. Okay, now without any further ado, let's dive into the episode. Use as directed. Clareton, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls' Night. We love having you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is
0: it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, friends, I am so excited for who we have with us today. I'm sitting here across from my dear friend, Kate Warman, who's been on the show before, but I just knew that we had to have her back. So Kate, welcome back to Girls' Night. I'm so glad you're here.
1: Steph, I'm so happy to be here for a second time, looking at your face from the, digitally, but I feel like we're in person just having coffee or pizza or whatever it is and in our comfy clothes. So I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thanks for having me again.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Seriously, it's my honor. Um, so Kate, for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself.
1: Okay, I love it. Well, I am
0: Kate Warman. and I remember I think
1: I said something different when I was on the podcast with you last time Steph, but things have changed even just a year basically since I've been on. But I am a I now call myself a dating coach because I do dating coaching for women. I am the host of the Heart of Dating podcast, which is a Christian podcast all about Christian dating, and I also do online courses and specifically right now I have a course called um Heartbreak to First Date. It's all about how do you go from having a heartbreak and move on so that you can get back out there on a first date again? And I know we're going to talk about some of those kinds of things today, but I have just such a heart for both men and women, but obviously, especially women being a woman, to see women healed and stand in their firmness of identity and loving themselves um, because I believe that is one of the key ingredients that will bring you into healthy relationships and dating and set you up for an incredible healthy marriage. Uh, So I do that. And um, I'm in the process of some other fun projects too, but I guess that's kind of what I do. And then a fun fact. So last time I shared about my deep love for Celine Dion. So that's already out there. So I was thinking about this. I was like, what is another fun fact? I was just going to say, Steph, so I have a really, I got to confess that I am an addict of something.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Everyone like, I feel like we're like,
1: we're paying ourselves. Yes. (laughs) It's actually really silly, but I recently, I can't get over this. I am so, I guess two different fun facts in this, but I am right now addicted to buying books all the time. And I have a very terrible obsession. I'm like, I just want to buy a book today. And I, there is no way with the rate I buy books that I can read all the books that I'm buying. So oftentimes I like have it, I'll read a chapter and someone's like, have you read it? I'm like, well, yeah, no. I mean, I started reading it, but there's no way I can read all of it. But there's just something fun and thrilling about buying new books. And I've also recently in the tandem of buying books, I've gotten really into coloring and buying coloring books.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) It's so fun. Actually, in what we're talking about today with healing, breaking up and moving on, like Honestly, coloring has been huge for me to connect with God and heal and kind of be creative. So highly recommend to get those colored pencils out ladies, and buy yourself a coloring book because it's a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Okay, Kate, we're going to have to get... I'm After, after we hang up, I'm going to get a couple of your favorite coloring books so we can link to them in the show notes because I'm always looking for good ones. And uh, this is sort of a random fun fact about me, but I'm a horrible artist and I have really bad handwriting, which is funny because my sweet husband, Carl, is an amazing artist and has amazing handwriting. And so I feel like a coloring book is totally my speed, even though I'm positive I actually still wouldn't be good at that. Like my coloring book skills, I'm picturing what yours probably looked like growing up versus mine. And yours are like shaded well. And mine's like just heavy handed, like scribble. Anyway, it still looked like that, but cathartic and uh, relaxing. And I love it.
1: And we never do that as adults. I'm like, it's so much more fun. I have an amazing Disney coloring book and it gives you inspiration on one page of what it could look like. So just to make you feel better, I look at the inspiration and I try to recreate it. It never looks like the inspiration. I'm like, who did this? Picasso? Like, this is ridiculous how they shade. It's so beautiful, but it's fun. And even if you're not great at it, it's fun to do. I
0: love it. I love it. Well, Kate, I'm so happy to have you on the show. And I feel like even just hearing your intro, all the women listening are like, "Ah, and this is why they're friends, (laughs) because our hearts are so similar for this. And I'm so glad that you are talking about what it looks like to heal and move on from a breakup. Because one, that is so important. And for the women who have read my book, The Lipstick Gospel, they've gotten to hear that breakups, I mean, really. Getting my heart broken and everything that happened afterwards completely changed the trajectory of my life. And even though I hate breakups, I'm convinced that there is it, they are so painful in such a very specific, you kind of want to throw up and also everything hurts kind of way. Um, but also they just have this ability of completely transforming our lives. They can be this amazing catalyst when we dig into them. And so I love that you are giving women practical ways of doing that. And so I want to, I don't want to waste another second. I want to dive in. Tell us just so that everyone can get on the same page with you. Tell us some of your backstory when it comes to relationships, breakups, where you've been, where you are, just kind of give us, give us a foundation. Totally. So obviously,
1: I run like this dating platform now, but the only reason I really do that is because I have a lot of dating experience and did it a lot of the wrong way for a lot of the time. And I'm not going to claim to be a perfect dater by any means, but I've definitely learned a lot. Um, So quick synopsis for the listeners... Basically, from the age of 14 to 24, I kind of had a constant flow of boyfriends. So 10 years of basically nonstop boyfriends in that was um, a year where I dated a lot of guys in high school. Then I got in a serious relationship that was long distance. After that ended, and I broke that... I actually broke off that relationship. I hopped into another brief relationship for two months. That ended. Then one month later, I ended up in another relationship. And that relationship actually became one that was extremely toxic and ended up being very, very abusive. And um, because I didn't recognize the the my own patterns at that point in time, I was in my early 20s. I didn't realize... I thought that the way this guy was treating me was so I was so caught off guard by it, but I thought that I had to stay in it. I thought that I had to make it work. I was so flabbergasted and so in shock, which typically happens when you're being abused emotionally. You you start getting you are so off kilter that you don't even know what's going on, and that was happening. Like this guy would say he was my boyfriend, and we would be out at bars in public, and uh, or bars wherever we'd be at public, especially in the evening, and he would pretend that I wasn't his girlfriend. I would come up to him and he would like give me a high five, be like, hey Kate, what's up? And I was like, what? Like I it was this jarring, like, wait, but you call me your girlfriend behind closed doors, but then in public, you act like you I'm your pal. And um it's deeply, deeply frustrating and very manipulative and makes you feel very little. So could definitely go into lots of details about that relationship. Um but I I stayed in that relationship for about two and a half years. And It was toxic in every way. Ended up being extremely abusive as well, physically and sexually. So across the board, across the gamut. And eventually I did get out of that relationship and had to go on a very severe and necessary journey of healing. And I basically looked at the last 10 years and said, wow, Kate, you have not been single and you've constantly been in relationships. And what is that about? And I really had to do some hard digging to say, wow, I had tried to fill a void in my heart. And when I really dug up the root stuff, I found out that a lot of that had to do with even my childhood roots and some of what had happened in my childhood even with my father being a little bit more of an absent father. Love him so much, but he just couldn't show up in those ways that I needed him to um in childhood years. And because of that, because I didn't feel seen in that way from a male figure, I always sought out for that male type of love in dating. And um yeah, so the, I, it really made me go through this journey of like kind of uncovering things um, and journeying through it and really seeking lots and lots of healing, um, reclaiming my worth and value and self love. Because at the time after that abusive relationship ended, I'd say I didn't really like myself. And so it was a long process. And eventually I felt like, yes, ready to do this again. I will say though, I have dated since then, since I've said, yes, I'm ready to date again. And I have still gotten my heart broken. Um, Last time we talked about a breakup that I went through, which was a guy that I thought I was basically 90% going to marry um, or maybe more positive than that. I was going to marry him and it ended out of nowhere. And I really knew that I had a decision to make. I had a decision to go into my past patterns and re-question myself, my worth and my value. Or even though this didn't make sense, I could choose to trust in God and um, allow him to basically set forth a new beautiful thing for me in my life. And I would say it was out of that heartbreak, which is so cool that God did birth something so beautiful, which was heart of dating, which is what I do now. And it's really only because I chose in that season to so deeply dive into Jesus, even though that breakup did not make sense. That breakup of that love of my life did not make sense at the time. So um, that brings me to where we are today. I Still i am single. I still get my heart broken, even in this last year I have. But I really believe through breakups that um, there is so much strength to be found and that God uses that to just shape our, us even more and bring us even closer to His heart. And I actually wanted to just quick quickly read this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes in a times of a breakup from my dear friend, Mike Foster, who says, within the valley of our grief, something beautiful wants to grow. So tend those fields, water those little seeds. Whatever was planted in pain can harvest beautiful possibilities. And today, that's just what I believe. I believe that in the pain, we can harvest beautiful things. We can plant these seeds and we can be really disciplined about our breakups to be able to come to a place of deep, deep, deep healing. And God will transform our paths. He will bring about a new, like in Isaiah, what is it? 43. I can't think of the exact verse right now, but he brings about something new and beautiful. He is doing a new thing and he will do a new thing in your season of breakup. So that's, That's where I'm not afraid of them anymore. And I know that rejection and heartbreak happens. And I want to empower women to have that same strength going into dating because rejection might happen. We are immune to it. You know, We have to be prepared for the battle of rejection and heartbreak.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, Kate, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I love your heart for this. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that verse in Isaiah. And we're going to look it up and figure out exactly where it is so that you guys can check it out. And it'll be in our show notes. But I... I remember reading that same verse um, mm. about streams in the desert and God doing a new thing. Um, yeah. Don't you perceive it as it springs up? Something like that. Um, and I remember reading it in the midst of my last breakup. And I just, I by that point, I'd been through so many of them that mm. I knew that I would survive it. Which, if you're going through a breakup for the first time, like the first couple times I got my heart broken, I honestly wasn't sure like, a heart can keep beating when it hurts that bad, you know? But I think once you've been through a couple, you find out that you will survive them. And then also, I had seen God do so many beautiful things in my life, at, like, in the process of healing. Like, not only did He make me whole again, but He made me even stronger and even better. Like, He 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 really does plant new seeds. And so, I just—I I remember holding on to that, even though I was hurting so much in that moment. I remember exactly where I was when I read that verse, just going, okay, God— I know that you do this. I know that you that you plant new things in our in our lives and in our hearts when they're broken open like this. And I just please do that again for me. And he did in, in just incredible ways.
1: And I just want to say what's so cool when you look biblically at the people that God uses in the Bible, they're never like these whole perfect people that he's using. He's always using kind of more of the broken people or the messed up people or the people who are like not the unexpected people. And so when we look biblically at who God chooses over and over to do amazing things, it's never the people that have it all figured out. It's never those people. It's always the people that are like... I've surrendered. I don't really know what I'm doing. God help me. Or, you know, they're the unexpected people that he's like, no, I choose you actually. Mm -hmm. And so I just get so excited because I'm like, yes, God, I'm going to tell you and come to you and surrender at your feet that maybe I don't know what's going on right now. And I am a bit messy and, but I'm going to choose you in the process. And I believe that God chooses those people um, if you surrender to him and if you really, like go through the process with them. He will heal you and he will use you in amazing ways that you never expected. I really believe that.
0: Mm, I feel like you just gave my heart a hug somehow. <laughs> like I just seriously feel so like, oh thank God. Thank God. And, oh so good. Okay. So Kate, I want to ask you some really practical questions about how to get through a breakup and how to get to that place where you are like how to, how to take those steps to where you are healing and you are growing and you are getting to a place where you can actually share your heart with someone again. Um, but first I feel like sometimes it's helpful to, for us, like, let me see if I can say this in a different way. Sometimes when we're looking at something and trying to see why and how it's important, it's important for us to see, or it's helpful for us to see like the flip side. So what happens when we Like, what does it look like to go through a breakup in an unhealthy way? And what are some of the, like, what's, what's the result look like when we don't go through a breakup well?
1: Yeah. So a lot of times when we don't go through a breakup well, it's when we're compartmentalizing, when we choose to sit, to not fully deal with it. And it's kind of this moment where I always say we have to feel the pain to heal the pain. And so we have a choice in the breakup. We can either choose to feel the pain Because that will allow us to heal from it. Or we can box it down and put it in a box and store it away in our house. But like that dirty box isn't going to get cleaned on its own. Eventually you can just stuff that into a closed door over and over. And eventually that closed door is going to overflow and you're going to be faced to deal with all of the baggage and all of the stuff in those boxes. And it's going to be that much worse and more painful to dig through and sort through all of it. You know, I mean, like I hate that example, but it's true. Like when you know, even in your house, when you have to clean spring cleaning, right? Like, It's way easier if you just clean as you go along. (laughs) So let's do the hard work now. So basically that looks like grieving and truly grieving it. Um, And so if you don't heal from it, it will come back. Another way just to know this is that actually physically it will manifest in your body. There's a great book about this called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's really about how trauma and pain will stay within our body. The reason that you'll know it stays in your body is because when something triggers you or if somebody, for example, brings up your ex... If you start sweating, or you start feeling really anxious, or you start feeling a pit in your stomach, or you start getting tense somewhere. That's the actual trauma and the pain that's living in your body. That's reacting. It's like actually reacting within your body, and it's a signal to say this isn't hasn't been worked out yet. This is still living within you, and. It causes tension in our body. So we actually have to work those things out just so that we are free from it, even physically. And even for me with that abusive relationship, I've come a long way, but there's still layers that sometimes I notice. Oh, wow. There's a little too much anger here. And so I can dig a little bit deeper again. Um, healing is not linear. It is a journey. So, but the, the whole entire point is to take that put a, a stake in the sand to say okay do i want to do this hard work now so that i don't have to spend so much time later cleaning out everything you know or do i just want to compartmentalize it <laughs> because that seems easier in the moment it is much harder and much it it takes a lot more courage to do it now but i it's i highly highly recommend it so some of the just practical ways to grieve is obviously to go through the five stages of grief which if people don't know what those are They are denial, bargaining, depression, anger, and eventually acceptance. So you're going to probably find yourself going through all five of those stages. And that's actually really, really helpful. They don't really go in a particular order, but you do want to hopefully end up at acceptance because that is, you know, the healthiest stage of grieving is like when you finally accepted it. But if one day you feel so angry, like, Feel it, you know, allow yourself to feel the anger practically. Sometimes I'll like literally punch a pillow because that will help get the anger out of my body. We're talking about physically getting that out of your body. Sometimes screaming, obviously, if I'm home alone, not like just out and about. <laughs> uh, I do look a little crazy. But um, trying to get that anger out of your body, it's totally fine. Oftentimes in grief, I'll find I'm really angry. And then the next day, I'm like really, really sad. And I'm like, why am I now in this stage of... That's a stage of depression or feeling depressed, right? And... Oftentimes, that's totally normal. If one day you're really angry and then the next day you're really sad, you're working through the stages of grief. That is absolutely fine. But I would just highly recommend that everyone is aware of those five stages and is just moving through them. So if you find yourself camping out at one of those stages, unless it's acceptance, for too long of a time, I would say... That's an area. Then you need to get, you need to go deeper into that. Like if you're sitting in anger for a month or a really, really long time, that's going to build some really unhealthy, angry roots of resentment within you. And you don't want those living within you. Trust me. You don't because it's going to come out in negative ways. And again, we want to get those things out of us. So stay in it. There's health. There is healthy anger. You can be angry. You can, you can bargain with God, meaning, meaning like God will, what if it could have been this? Or what if it could have been this? Or, you know, God, what if I what if I do this differently? Can you can you let us come, or can you heal him so that we can be back together? Like bargaining with God's a big one, but if you need to go through those things, that's totally fine. Just make sure you're healthily moving through the five stages. So that's just like something I would initially recommend in the first step of processing a breakup to really say, I'm going to feel the pain to heal the pain. I'm going to really allow myself to go through the stages of grief healthily and keep accountable to people within my processing of that.
0: I love that. And, you know, I'm so glad that you said that about feeling the pain to heal the pain. I heard someone give an example one time about like shoving down your wounds or your grief or your pain like it's uh, a beach ball and into a pool. And so you know that if you have a beach ball and you shove it really far down into a pool, you (laughs) can hold it under for a second. But the second you let go of it, it's going to pop back up to the surface. And Mm. the crazy thing is that the further down you push it, the higher it pops up. And that really is so true with the broken things in our hearts, like they will come back and they will negatively affect your future relationships. And like, so just an example is, um, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. it was a long time ago. And so it doesn't feel as Tender as it would if it was obviously more recently, but I had my very first love, my very first, like, very serious boyfriend. I found out, like, well into our relationship that he had cheated on me with my best friend, which just was terrible. Um, it was really, really terrible. And it took me a long time to get over that relationship, a long time to heal through it. But I'm so glad that I did exactly what you said. And like, and I didn't always do this. I had to, like, I've had to clean out some closets, you know, all at once. But I'm glad that I healed that as I went along because. That's the kind of thing where when we don't take the time to work through it and like heal through it and deal with some of the trust issues that are of course going to come up after that, like then you bring those trust issues into your next relationship. And so if I hadn't healed that, I could be in a situation today where I'm looking at Carl and not trusting him when he's never done anything to lose my trust. It's just a lack of trust coming from my past that I have now brought into my marriage. And I think that like, this is why I... I mean, I love the work that you're doing and I love the work that we get to do together because when we take the time to heal from our junk today, just whatever junk we're carrying, heal from it today, that's one less thing that we get to have to bring with us into our future marriages. And what that looks like in marriage is like less arguments, less fights, less tension, less really painful seasons of growth. Like you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna argue and bite and have seasons of growth no matter what, but it's just like, you're just making your your next season easier by going mm. through the hard stuff in your current season. Totally. One thing I wanted to say about that, that I feel like this is kind of an unpopular opinion, or I don't know how many people I've really heard talk about this, but there were a couple breakups in my life that I 100% went to counseling afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... We don't hear enough people talk about that. You know, it's like oh my gosh, like you should be able to eat some ice cream and like watch some chick flicks and just feel better. But like when we're going through a breakup, some major things get broken in us. And so and also I think that they can bring some really broken things to the surface. And that's the perfect time to deal with them. And so if anyone is sitting here going through a breakup and feeling like, I'm just not getting through this the way that I want to, it is not it is a hundred percent a good idea to go to counseling for it because I definitely have.
1: 100%. I still go to my therapist and I'm in a decently healthy season. Um but it is it's so helpful. Like the therapist has helped having a therapist, counselor, whatever you want to have in your life that is going to help you go through those past layers and get into deeper healing. It's so helpful to have that guide. It's like a neutral person. There is nothing wrong with you if you want to do that. That it, it's actually really smart and really wise in my opinion because a lot of times what breakups do is it's not just about you and that person. It usually brings up things from your past, a lot of times having to do with childhood wounds and things that um, maybe that we just haven't sorted through all the way or that we didn't even know were really there. And it's a great opportunity to shine some light on those things and work through them. So it's usually, you know, (laughs) this is not a popular opinion either, but it's usually not just about that breakup. It's usually about, okay, I have to actually heal some previous lies that I believed that already were existing within me because of the way my dad treated me as a child or because of the way like my family dynamic was or how I felt abandoned and left out in X, Y, Z different situations. So as much as those things are hard to kind of reckon with, it's so helpful that this, that breakups like allow us to go through those things. Because just like you said, we want to get rid of like, we start relationships with like a backpack and, or sometimes people, you can either start them with like a little light backpack or you can start them with like a really heavy backpack or all this luggage, right? Yes, and you're yes. like lugging it along with you. But. I'd rather start with like the lightest little backpack that I possibly can and just fill it with good, healthy, amazing stuff versus like bringing all the weights of my past baggage in and being like... Yeah, well, I'm gonna miss. Mistru- I'm not gonna trust you at all because I've been cheated on so many times, and you looking at that girl makes me really jealous. And instead of being that way, I, maybe I can just sort through why that's such a trigger, and and be able to more healthily show up in relationships, not assuming that
0: of new people that I date. I love that. So I love the luggage example, and like that's totally how I looked at it. it was just I know that there are going to be things to go through in marriage. Like we are always. Um, I had a mentor one time that said we're in the. Uh, something like we're in the school of character building and we're never, ever going to graduate. Like it's just, that's life. You know, we're always healing from things. We're always growing and that's a really good thing. But I just wanted, I made it my mission to go into marriage with as little baggage as possible. And I think that, Like, you're gonna have to go through it at some point. And I just, I was so glad to have gone through so many of the things I was carrying before Carl came along because it just makes marriage so much more fun. Like, it's just, it's so much more how I hoped it would be because it's not full of, because we're not, we're not married under the weight of all of my insecurity and all of my past junk. And, and of course, like, always things, you know, there's always things that come up, but insecurity is a big one. Like learning to really love myself, learning to be kind to myself, learning to accept myself. Like it, that put a big damper on all of my previous relationships. And I finally took the time to work through it. And so Carla and I don't have to have that weight on top of our marriage. And it just makes it so much more fun. Oh my gosh. And what you're
1: saying is like, I have one of my closest best friends in an amazing, amazing marriage, but she didn't work through a lot of this stuff before her marriage. And they now have an amazing marriage. But let me be real, she had a really rough start in the first years of her marriage. And she has said to me recently, she's like, Kate, It is amazing that you are dealing with this stuff and going through it now because I wish that I had. I wish when I got married to my husband that I didn't bring all this and make him go through all of that with me because our honeymoon, the first few years was really, really, really tough. Now they're thriving, but like they had to go through some major counseling because she hadn't dealt with all those things previously. So take this as an opportunity of like, I'm not only helping myself, but I'm also investing in a healthier future marriage by doing this work and facing this breakup. And, and facing all the stuff from my past today before, you know, this journey, and I know you say this too, Steph is like, not just looking for the one, but also becoming the one. And you don't really want to date someone who is bringing tons and tons of baggage, probably, right? You're like, in your list, you're like, mm, that's kind of a red flag. So if you're going through this, if, if you have that expectation, you need to also, do that for yourself then. Do the hard work right now. Take that radical ownership um, so that you can be an amazing one for someone else as well. I
0: love I love that. I love that.